Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, this week I'm recording at the brilliant comedy venue The Bill Murray and I'm talking to my dear friend, one of the funniest and also loveliest people I know, frankly, comedy writer and actor Brona C. Titley. Firstly, hear my thanks for listening. Thanks! I'm a bit snotty, aren't I? Sorry. Tell every sausage and -and so-and-so that you've ever met about hoovering, please. We do live shows too, you know. The next one's at 3pm on Saturday, the 23rd of November in Thursk. Fun to say. Trickier to get to, so please do come. (laughs) It's the same winners behind the amazing Deer Shed Festival that are running this. It's um, a brand spanking new thing called uh, Podcast Social Club. Go to podcastsocialclub.com for tickets. Also, I've uh, wrangled, I think, a couple of very brilliant guests for it, so it's going to be great. If you're my patron, I announced a secret discount code on Monday on there for you, uh, if you're a $5 and up one, where you get a whopping 30% 30% discount for this particular live show. 
So if you don't know what a being my patron means, then why don't you go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see it's a site where brilliant kind people, including some of you already, uh, for which I am so grateful, swap me anywhere from tiny to big money each month for things like discount tickets to shows and uh, exclusive extra content and shit like that. Last thing I want to do is invite you to my stand up show, Hench. It's the show I did in Edinburgh uh, in the summer and it did well. Uh, it's at the Soho Theatre in Soho in London from the 6th to 25th of January every day except Sunday every night at 7.30 and it's selling like madly well it's down to the last few for all of the Thursdays Fridays and Saturdays now so get a little wriggle on if you might be up for coming to one of those then from the 1st of February it goes on a massive tour which I'm adding dates to all the time all around the UK and beyond Uh, I'm releasing more dates day in day out for that for tickets to everything from the Soho Theatre to all of the tour dates and where all the new dates will be put on ASAP go to my website jessicafosterq.com okay that's enough of my business getting spouted at you let's get into this lovely bloody podcast please hello oh Jessica Fosterq thank you so much for doing this with me thank you for having me this is my favourite way to spend time with friends is like do you know what's broke just meeting a friend for a coffee do you know what's woke doing their podcast yeah true yeah what we've done is met for a coffee but be allowed (laughs) to call it work i know it's like the most self-indulgent type of meeting for a coffee you could ever ever do um but uh, thank you i've always wanted to be on hoovering the uk's premier vacuum cleaning uh podcast cheers (laughs) yeah so oh at at some point just as a massive fuck off curveball I do need to just talk to someone about cleaning. That's I, a good yeah. idea. Or, yeah. I feel or like there's a lot find of find someone who works for like Dyson or something yeah. and talk to them about eating. Oh, and if they use their Hoover when they're eating. <laughs> Yes. I wonder if there is people who sort of like take a bite, Hoover, take a bite. There probably is. There's a crossover podcast there, Jess, and yeah. you are not addressing it. I I need to. Do you know what I've not been doing? Thinking big enough. I've not been ambitious enough. Yeah. I've not been. I've not been. Do you know what I might do? Brain. I might start a podcast about vacuum cleaning, but call it like gobbling up. So. All the- <laughs> All the people who thought who came to Nibbling this podcast yeah. with Rona C. Titley, or call like, it like having a bit of food, but it's a podcast about vacuum cleaning. Then it would be revenge on your uh, listeners who come here for the Dyson content, and all they get is wonderful conversations about food, having, having a bit of food and chewing it with my mouth, swallowing it down. Talking about the aftereffects. What's that about? It cleaning, cleaning, cleaning my carpets. I used to think I hated hoovering the action. Okay, and, um, which been... isn't a thing because that's the brand name, isn't it? Yes, it's that's one true. of those Kleenex it's, situations. That's absolutely true. Vacuum yeah, cleaning. like, like um, Santa's red coat. Yeah, uh, and what did I learn a... about that? There was another one, a really interesting one, the other day. Can't I'm remember because s- I'm going to start eating these cookies. Okay, should we say what yeah. we have? I mean, okay, you're, yeah, let's like, say. Don't what let we me have. take over. Um, I just <laughs> should can't... I do the hosting? Yeah. <laughs> Um, You've brought me a decapitated gingerbread person. I thought it's called a ginger because it was called gingerbread mummy, and you've got a baby in your oven. I do. I have a bit. Well, actually, I hope she's in my womb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If she's at home in the oven, then I am really screwing up on this first week of pregnancy. I forget how often I use I use phrases and then think, imagine. There's got to be a serious number of people. I that actually don't love get it. Me. I love and what I love. I love bun in the oven, and I love saying preggers because I think it's a particularly Dublin Irish word. I don't know. Oh, do people nice. say it here? I like preggers. I think preggers. I've said I think it. preggers is either yeah. uh, 
Irish okay. or posh. Really? Yeah, Preggers, oh. darling, Preggers. Oh, now I don't like it anymore. It's well, more like, I'm totes Preggers, yeah, no, I'm totally... <laughs> you yeah. can get away with it. You can or get like, oh, I'm not sure I'll make it because I have a touch of pregnancy uh, today. Um, <laughs> but no, Preggers sounds good. But yeah, I love a metaphor for... <laughs> I also love love pretending like it's um, like I'm 16 and it happened in the back of a car, like, no, oh, I've gone and got myself knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't a very, very deliberate act. <laughs> Yeah, it's so fun, isn't it? Yeah, like, oh, well, I'm just hoping to be made an honest woman of. Yeah, yeah, it's just a private joke for me, really, because. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that's it. Yeah, so you've got a gingerbread mummy, did you call her? Gingerbread mummy, two different cookies. Oh, I see, because she's wrapped in bandages. Yes, they've done some icing bandages. Oh, it's not like just about her being a parent. No, it's a Halloween thing, Mm. I think. Um, a Nutella brownie. Oh, holy shit! A very a sort of double chocolate cookie. A cookie that looks sort of normal cookie, blonde-looking cookie with chocolate yeah. chips in it. That's what people say about me. <laughs> <laughs> She's a blonde-looking cookie with She's... chocolate chips in it. That I identify. <laughs> I really identify with that cookie. Yeah, and then I identify with this courgette and lime cake. I mean. People will hopefully see on the photo, this looks like this cake knows who it is. It does, and I'm excited about the cake now. Yeah. I, we have license, which, because I've paid full price for these things, to be as on, honest about this. Is they're lovely? Let's say that they're lovely. Oh, yeah, you but said But I got them from a place down the like road. The we're in Islington, the lovely so Bill much. Murray. Yeah, we're at the Bill Murray, up, upstairs in the Bill Murray, Murray Comedy Club pub. Which thank is you so for awesome. having us, Bill. Thank you, Bill. And all his sale in him. Um, <laughs> it's um, uh, so, so, so great to see on the Bill Murray. <laughs> when I I'd do love to go sailing in the Bill Murray, <laughs> we should do that another time. Yeah, for sure. Um, go on about um, the place. Sorry, when I do um, when I record these in here, which I love doing, I either bring something in, or yeah, tuck in, or I um, get something locally. And, and I, I'm really organised. And today I thought, oh, I, I went for a coffee recently at this place around around the corner called Coffee Works. Mm-hmm. So this is in Islington. And um, I met a friend there who's cooler than me, standard. Sure. That could be anyone. Could be anyone. <laughs> um, and it had a really nice little back garden bit. But I do remember thinking, oh, God, I don't feel that sort of comfortable in it. Mm, no. But I'd forgotten that because the garden was empty. No one knew it was there. Okay. I don't know why I've mentioned it. But the, you, now I've mentioned it, you lot could ruin the garden of Coffee Works and everyone will know it's there. Wow. I don't know if this place is a Are you going to be sued for this um, well, diatribe? No. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, well, maybe this next bit. But this time I went in, I was like, oh, I remember now. It's an absolute cunt factory. <laughs> it's a fucking cunt factory. Oh, it's where it's they make coffee. all the cunts. <laughs> great coffee and really good looking food. Right. But my God, the guy serving me was just like the cartoon fucking turd wanker. Oh, wow. Of like, I was like, can I, I just want to get some stuff to take away. Like, um, Okay. <laughs> So what was that you wanted again? Oh, Lord. Like, I just had to say everything about 18 times while this queue of people built up behind me. And he was like, um... And was it that he was too okay. cool to do it, to yeah. serve you? Right. Way too oh, cool. Oh, poor bless him. He's got and, a case of the chronic coolness. Yeah. And uh, they're sort of taking, each of them taking an hour each to make a small coffee. I it's see. just going to taste like all the other coffees, yeah. you pricks. I think that one of my pet hates in life is people who are rude for no reason. Mm. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a delight to meet and see other people. Mm. Shouldn't you be interested in who that... I mean, I guess if you're in the service industry, that is can sometimes, yeah. you know, get grind your soul. But if he's bringing nothing to the situation... Mm. I've, 
Oh, there's something rumbling up the ceiling. That was not me. Someone next to him. <laughs> I will own up whatever noises my belly makes during this podcast. It, you get Just the impression there. I'm sorry that, that happened part, to you. Thank you. Are you okay? It's part of their training to be like, <laughs> because I worked in a coffee shop once for years, just after I was a student, when I was a student, and the bobs were so funny. I used to say things like, Coffee-wise, we only use the best bean. Um, <laughs> but that was as serious as you got. Whereas these guys, I feel like, you know, they've been trained to be like, you make the best coffee. Line. I really like the idea that they have, uh, like, because as an actor, I've done a load of, um, you know, corporate videos mm-hmm. for, for corporations where oh, you're, like, God. in there, you know, training them. Like the idea that they have gone to a back room and have been made to watch a video that's like, real coffee is not given by friendly people. <laughs> Real coffee is served by cunts. Welcome to the cunt factory. Uh, And that's sort of what you... And actually, if that's their opus, Mm -hmm. then, you know, they did well with you today. So I want anyone from Coffee Works to know, listening, (laughs) uh, that we're we're eating their food with a delicious Cafe Nero coffee. (laughs) (laughs) In my tongue. Well, I've had a bite of the the Brona cookie, yeah. shall we call it, the chocolate chip uh, blondie so far, mm. and it's really nice. I mean, I have to say, the double chocolate chip one's annoyingly nice as well. Oh, annoyingly. I nice. think they might. I think their food and drink might be really nice. <laughs> you know, wow. they can use that as a written quote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if they use that with like your I've voice, I feel like you sound a bit sarcastic. <laughs> or just their annoyed. Food and drink is really nice. Just, just furious that there's nothing to slag off other than the service. <laughs> Well, we've I mean we've mm. only ta- we haven't tasted the ginger mummy yet. No, this lime and courgette cakes was wrong. Mm. Oh god, it's so nice. Oh good. Um, well listen, something good yeah. came out of your day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It hasn't hasn't happened yet. I'm gonna have another bite. Do it. Mm. Oh god. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm mm. happy about that cake. Good girl. All the limes in the icing, just so you know. Oh. Um, I definitely want some, but I'm going to... I want to talk to you quite a lot about eating and pregnancy, because do you know what? I think you are. It's been a game changer. I had one other pregnant guest on this ever, but she was secretly pregnant, so we couldn't talk (gasps) about it. But you knew? I knew, yeah. Ah. Um, um, yes, well, I am pregnant, as we covered, with the bun, with the bun, with the bun yeah. in the oven. I'm seven months pregnant. It's been... Um, Unexpected, like right. the roller coaster of the re- like of the relationship with food. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened that I just literally could not be- get over was like I don't drink much tea, but mm. I have definitely have one cup of tea a day. I've only ever drank decaf anyway. Right? And Do you just prefer that, or because caffeine makes you feel a bit woo? I just thought like I, I someone gave me a cup of decaf once, and it tasted exactly the same to my unsophisticated Fine. Irish palate yeah. as caffeinated tea. And I was like, well, why would I yeah. have caffeine if I don't need it? So sure. anyway, it's not like. I had a crazy amount of tea, but the idea of a cup of tea about five weeks into my pregnancy made me want to be violently sick, like beyond oh, belief. And I just, and I couldn't, I couldn't even think about it. I could like, I couldn't think about the brown liquid of tea. Oh, and God. then I don't know when it was like, a, excuse me, a switch went probably mm. at about five months, maybe mm. about 18 weeks or so. And then I was like, oh, I can drink tea again (laughs) so it's so weird so that happened the other thing that happened that I thought was so funny was like you know how you're conditioned by popular culture that like you want to dip a gherkin into you want to dip a gherkin into Nutella kind of thing 
Um, I took the pregnancy test. Um, so myself and my wife like knew we were trying because yeah. when it's two ladies, you have a level of awareness about that. Quite an extraordinary level. <laughs> that you of might not just have if you were just rolling over and letting your husband do his business. Um, <laughs> I love the idea. <laughs> which, bleak, to be honest, would have been bleak and hilarious. I mean, and bleak, relatively but realistic. Easier. Of a lot of straight. It would have been a lot easier um, <laughs> for everybody involved. But anyway, so so we took the pregnancy test like as early as you possibly can really sure. like three weeks so it would have been you know mm. under three weeks pregnant it was the first day of our holidays in Crete oh. so we woke up took the pregnancy test couldn't believe it took another test like just you know really really joyous oh. and then we went to the breakfast buffet mm. and like so I'm three weeks pregnant it's not like like it's not like anything has changed in my no. body whatsoever and I saw gherkins at the breakfast buffet and I was like I will need a plate of gherkins immediately <laughs> And then I just went on to have gherkins at like breakfast, lunch and dinner for the first few months of my pregnancy. became really obsessed with them. Really? And it was almost, again, it was kind of a lot of uh, my anecdotes tend to be private jokes with myself. <laughs> <laughs> really just at least I'm amusing myself. Um, I love it. But, but I was sort of like, this is very lol, Brona, that you keep eating gherkins because you're pregnant. Really? Aren't you such a cliche with your big plate of gherkins? Um, but uh, yeah, I really loved them. <laughs> Did you like gherkins before, though? I liked them, mm. but I would... So here's how often I would have come across a gherkin before I started eating them three meals a day. Um, twice a year in a particularly ambitious veggie burger, because I'm right. a vegetarian. So, you know, not like I ever would have seen much of them. It's yeah. just that I think pregnancy brought them back into my consciousness. Yes. Um, but then, sorry, and, I, and you, don't, like, you can stop me if this rant about pregnancy eating isn't interesting on any level. This is exactly... Are you having the best? You having the best time ever? I am. Me too. You're the best Um, guest I've ever had. Oh my god! Finally, (laughs) if you edit that line out, (laughs) then I will know. Um, (laughs) I all I wanted then it went so so. Food got really, really, really boring straight away. What? um, No. So let me interject there. Yeah, please. Food got boring because of your. You had bad nausea, right? I had bad nausea from about week kind of five to about week 16 or 17. So a a good three months. And so what happens with nausea is you feel nauseous if you, well, I mean, it's different for lots of people, pregnant people, but you, I felt nauseous if I hadn't eaten in like 60 to 90 minutes. So if you're eating every 60 to 90 minutes, all you want is a cracker. So like all I was doing was every 60 minutes was eating like a dry cracker or one crisp or like a piece of bread. Or I'd say I had a cheese sandwich for my lunch every day for about three three or four months like so boring food just it just became like and also I was ravenous yeah so I was absolutely ravenous but did not like or enjoy oh, eating so in any conceivable way you sort of need something to quell the kind of yeah. acidity of the nausea yeah 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 but then you can't have anything too exciting yeah You're exactly so hungry and, and the you things that make you feel so fucking full and like mm. yeah all the time you want loads but you yeah. can't really have loads yeah. without feeling worse then. and the things that made me feel physically better would be things that then half an hour later you would get like n- n- maybe guilt about eating but also just your body would be like well why did you have a whole cross on yeah so it would be like i would just want salty crisps or <laughs> oh, i would yeah, want yeah. a coke zero or i would want to cr- like a cross on it was just so boring yeah and now, oh. now when I'm seven months, yeah. I don't, I feel, my appetite is nearly completely gone right. um, because I feel like I'm so full of baby. So yeah. when I have like, I have a small <laughs> meal and then I'm like, 
you know, feel right. like I, that's, it's like, oh, there's no more space in my body for this food, actually. So I need to, I need to stop now. Yeah. So, uh, like, it's an interesting time to do uh, the UK's leading podcast about <laughs> eating because <laughs> it now feels like it's been seven months where eating has been a bit of a chore. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sad, isn't it? But or then, you know, you're feeding we'll a whole one human. In a year. You oh, are. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, and it, but I think that's You're feeding very... a human being, so you feel you, like you want to get all the nutrients. Yeah. You want to give, like, their little brain enough... Um, Brain juice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a scientist. I forgot to tell you. Uh, brain juice. <laughs> brain juice, yeah. I start to explain a lot of stuff about myself, actually, <laughs> that I wasn't aware of brain juice during my pregnancy. You need to drink a pint of brain juice. <laughs> oh, and you know what happened fish. as well? It was like one day I was sitting on the couch and out of nowhere a thought walked into my brain was like, I need to drink a full glass of full fat milk immediately. And then I drank the milk and it yeah. tasted like the best thing I'd ever yeah tasted in my entire life so your body just tells you well I think I I don't know I, I certainly had never felt anywhere near as in tune with my body what a wank <laughs> but I genuinely felt like because it's because I think a lot of what you know woke feminist women who want to love their body are doing is yeah. trying to listen to their body yeah, not necessarily sure. their brain because hello I'm the your brain. body I know and then you get this if you're lucky, you have your body doesn't just tell you. you, you we're all hoping our body's going to tell you what it wants. That's yeah, what all the things to do with eating intuitively. Yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. Listen to how you feel after you have some broccoli, or mm. listen to how you feel after you have yeah. a croissant or whatever. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> luckily for me, certainly when I was pregnant, I felt like I wasn't having to really because sometimes I feel like I'm fucking listening. I've got a can up against my ear and there's a can up <laughs> against my stomach, and it is not making it clear yeah, to me what it wants. But mixed. during pregnancy, it's like it doesn't just tell you what it wants; it screams, yeah. right? Yeah, a pint of milk. <laughs> um, mostly my nausea has gone now. Great, but I was having. But then it just sometimes comes back at random times. So I was having lunch today. With my partner, we had scrambled eggs, mm. a bagel, and mm. a glass of orange juice. And I was—it was a small lunch because, like yeah. I said, like appetite's going not. down. I was about four bites from the end, sitting on the couch, and I was like, "Oh, I—I'm immediately going to vomit this entire lunch back oh, up onto no. the floor." Oh no! And I just didn't know what to do. And so Sue was like, "Get up and walk around," and it sounded like good advice, so I tried it. So I walked. I did it like laps of the sitting room for about five minutes, and oh, then it went away, and I felt amazing. <laughs> Oh, wow. So it did work. Your body is so weird. Like, I'm glad to hear you say that you felt in tune with your body during pregnancy because I sort of feel the opposite, which is that because, like, I used to exercise, like, exercise a lot. Like, I Mm. love walking. I'm a slave to my Fitbit. And before pregnancy, I would, like, average 12, 13,000 steps a day. Just, like, love pounding that pavement. (laughs) But I've just been too knackered to do that. And then you get, like, because of all the hormonal changes and stuff, you're like, oh, um, Stabbing pain in my vagina, that yeah. seems normal. Oh, God. oh, I, oh, I just it... felt the muscle grow in my back. Oh. oh, yeah, no, she just kicked me in the bowel and now yeah. I must excuse myself. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's really... so much going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? And those Nuts. fucking headbutts to the pelvis that give you... It I feels know. like someone's got two knives and sort of trying to get them from yeah. the inside to out, right in your twat, <laughs> right in your twat bones. And you sort of don't want to be annoyed at a baby that hasn't that you haven't met yet, because oh, you, you want to be like a good mother. So every time she kicks me in the bladder, I'm like, no, isn't your kicking great? Aren't you just, aren't you just a wonderful little kicker? You've got I'm so proud of you and your strong legs. <laughs> Say scrum diddly umptious. Hello!
And then you can be in my podcast. What were your school lunches like? Well, we didn't get um, lunches provided. Didn't you? You had to no, bring a packed lunch. No, we had to bring a packed lunch, yeah. So mostly, I think I remember eating like corned beef sandwiches Whoa. or ham sandwiches or cheese sandwiches. I corned beef as a kid. With some, maybe a, a petit falou. Yes. We were so European in Ireland in the 90s. <laughs> With a petty flu. I think that's all. I do remember, and this is probably the same of every school the world over, but I remember that if you forgot your lunch, everybody had to give, like, the other, the rest of the people in the class had to, um, like, uh, surrender, volunteer, I suppose is a nicer oh. word, volunteer one bit of their lunch. And so I do remember pulling the scam a couple of times because you got a way nicer lunch if oh, you yes. just ate bits from everybody else's lunch. So I definitely did You'd that. you basically get... A tap, a smorgasbord, like oh, tapas, and like people, instead of having to endure an entire like, tuna oh, people sandwich. People give you stuff that you'd never have dreamed of having in your lunch, like a chocolate covered marshmallow. You know, you'd be getting that kind of caliber. Who was getting that in their uh, lunch? I don't know, Lorraine from uh, <laughs> around the corner. Lorraine, and she was Lucky giving Lorraine. it up to old Brona. Forgot her lunch, see Titley over here. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> was there ever any like um, bullying over lunch like there is in films? I don't think we really had that at my school. In films, everyone's always being like forced to like give their lunch up if they've run out of cash for the bullies. Yeah, and no. I don't th- or like no. going like, uh-huh, look what you've got. That looks really homemade. I've had that come up a lot on the Oh, podcast. wow. People being bullied for having beautiful homemade packed lunches. Oh, gosh. No, um, I don't remember any bullying around food or lunchtime. Right. There are certain things that always, that feels very American high school genre to me, that the okay. bully picks them up <laughs> and like, you know, shakes the money out of their pocket, yeah. then puts them in their locker, then everyone goes to prom. Like that just felt like, like we did watch a lot, excuse me, of American TV growing up and that was like a very staple trope. Yeah. But uh, no, that didn't happen. I mean, I went to a single sex primary school and then quite a like posh single sex convent girls school. Oh, right. Um, And I think, I wonder if Catherine Bohart, I listened to her episode, it was great. Mm. I wonder if she mentioned it as well. Like at the time in Ireland, that was just like most... Your most of your education choices were single sex schools. Primary. Oh yeah. No, I wait. Had hang a on. With my so the first the three day, years. I don't get it. It's not. I get the religious yeah. reasons why you'd yeah. want that, but I don't well, get it. I, oh, so actually, primary. I went to so for <laughs> so for junior, senior, infants, and first class, or what we sometimes call low babies, high babies, and first. Right. That was a mixed school, so right. so that was boys and girls. But what was funny about that was the first three years of school was my mother was my teacher. Oh, so God. So on the first day of school, there was all these, like, little boys and girls having a nervous breakdown, crying their eyes out because their mother was walking out. And I was like, wow, it really sucks to be you because my mom is staying all day, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you're at reception, that's one of the obvious things. They're all still allowed to cash in all the cuddles. It's yeah. really nice how affectionate yeah. you're allowed to be with tiny ones. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why I brought that up because I suppose what I was doing there was a bit of unconscious bias that mm. like maybe girls didn't beat up other girls for lunch money. Um, right. But I mean, they didn't in my experience anyway, but I don't think, well, I, don't, I, I doubt that's a gender thing. all the way along and refused to take my 11 plus because that would have meant potentially going to an all girls grammar school. Wow. Which would, I mean, would have definitely given me a better education. Sure, but yeah. by 11, I think my parents yeah. thought it was up to you. I didn't want to go to single-sex yeah, school, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. it gave me a choice. I don't know enough about it to know, know the numbers and statistics, but I do mm. remember 
I do remember at the time there being research about how, you know, genders did better like you know, when they were separated. <laughs> that also might have been propaganda from the Catholic Church, believe it or not, Jess. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I went, I really loved my school. I feel mm. it was a really wholesome, That's good school. really lovely to hear. I made friends for life. I felt so safe. Oh, I felt I really it. privileged. It was just a lovely school. Whereabouts in Ireland? Uh, so it was uh, Loretto College in St. Stephen's Green, which I laugh because it does have the reputation of being like really posh, even though it was okay. like fine. But it was, I think people called called it like Loreno on the green. That's a posh Dublin accent. It just goes a bit, it? goes a bit nasal. No, it goes a bit nasal and your vowels go a bit funny. Um, and then it had that sort of thing of uh, people said collars up, knickers down. Do you have that phrase here? No, I like so it. Sort of like, because at the time people always wore their like Airtex t-shirt collars up. Oh, nice. But then the, the um, I guess the inference was that we were sluts. Uh, yeah. So our collars were up and knickers down. Mine were not. I was very pure. But Mine so, were, mate. So overall, I thought it was a I thought it was a lovely school. There were definitely, I think, you know, there were definitely girls who had um, body issues. And there was, def- you know, there was definitely. Mm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A few people who suffered with, with eating disorders and stuff. I was a bad eater when I was a teenager because I had... No interest in food, so I just ate. People are listening, you can't see her face, but a lot of Bob Broner says she says in a way that makes me laugh. The way you said bad eating, I was up. I just laughed not out of any disrespect for what's about to come next, but I just got this image of you just as in like just messy. I just got this image of you like surrounded by people who are like starving themselves because they're in a kind of got that pressure of being in an all female environment before before we had any kind of inclination of any wokeness. And then you've got... Yeah, Brona in the corner, just spaghetti like, just in her hair. <laughs> trying to push it in your eyes and ears instead of mouth in a bad eater. It was more just that, that like, I had no interest and therefore knew no knowledge of Fine. nutrition. Right. So until I was maybe 20... Six. Right. I was just eating crisps and pizza, right. like, and the, you know, and then I really changed my whole relationship. Like, did you? With, what happened at twenty six? That's really interesting. Well, I think it was just like I mean, it might have even been. It was around that time. So I had gone to school, gone to university, gone to drama school, yeah. managed to get through all of that period of my life without ever 
thinking about how to cook, how to feed myself, how to be an adult. Amazing. I was also a vegetarian from the age of like 20 on, right. but well, had no I, interest in cooking. I'd your um, reasons, reasons for, for that. that. Um, that was because I was in a conversation in the pub, uh, as you would do in college, and a friend was saying she was, veg- I only knew one person who was vegetarian. Yeah. And I was like, you're a vegetarian. How did that come about in a kind of way of like, I've heard you, your family have a boat. What's going on there? Do you know what you sounded like a weird, sounded like a weird thing. Tell me more. And so as she was talking, I just realized that not being vegetarian was really incongruous with the rest of my beliefs about how the universe worked. So it's suddenly mm. like, so it like, it, I felt like we knew enough about nutrition now yeah. in terms of like kidney beans and stuff that we no longer need to eat animals out of necessity. I also felt like there was a bad farming practices impact on the environment. Yeah. So in that pub, in that moment, I was like, right, I'm vegetarian now. And yeah. then I literally never looked back. Oh my God. So I never ate meat or fish again wow. from that moment on, except for these burgers in Ireland called spice burgers, which are like a little bit of meat, potato and lots of spice but I didn't know there was meat in them and my mom didn't t- purposefully didn't tell me um, and so for a full year I was like so they're like a supermarket thing that they're a like. supermarket thing yeah so for a full year <gasps> I was eating yeah she was I thought it was a great sneaky way of getting me to eat meat without no <laughs> Yeah. The day I found out that there was meat and spice burgers, I had a full on, I'd actually cried. But so, so yeah, so I was just kind of lazy in the yeah, sense yeah. that like, I liked crisps, chocolate, pizza, chips, sandwiches. Sure. I, mean, I, I do. Those are all really yummy. And I did make a decision like when I became vegetarian that now I need to eat everything. If I'm not going to eat meat and fish, I need to eat everything else. Right. So I would try things in restaurants and stuff. Right. It's just that it in terms of... Adventurous. Yeah. But in terms of feeding myself, yes. I was so lazy. Until I lived... I left drama school, lived with a bunch of close friends who really loved to cook. Great. And I just learned to cook for the oh, first great. time. And in learning to cook, I learned how to eat. Um, and did you have a parent or someone who brought you up who loved to cook? Mm. I'm from a family of seven, so there's five five kids. Oh, both my, my parents God. had full time jobs, and we're you know we had a wonderful childhood, wonderful parents, and we were fed like you know good quality food. But no, there was no. It wasn't someone who was like, oh, no. I'm going to get up on Sunday, look through recipe books. No, and definitely not. There was right. just no time with five yeah, kids. Yeah, like we were seven. all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. It's amazing. Where do you come in the seven? I am number four of five. Oh, Well, wow. seven in the, oh, in the house. So my parents, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five kids. kids. Four or five. Yeah. Magic. It's, um, oh, it's one of the biggest privileges of my life, actually. And, you know, I've really re-met my siblings as an adult as well. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I was really close to the ones closest to me in age. Right. And the other two were the bit of a mystery. Yeah. And well, the then eldest the eldest two. Right. And then, like, when I became an adult and, like, became friends, like, you, then you have a new adult friendship. Now I'm like... God, my four siblings are four of the coolest people oh, I know. So, so lovely to hear. And they're all so different. I oh, love you're them. You're making me broody and I haven't time. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> That's not helping. <laughs> there was, yeah. There was a slight moment when the sonographer told us there was just one baby in there that I was like, oh. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. You don't hear that very often. <laughs> I caramba. <laughs> On the sort of like learning to cook front, I do, I cannot emphasize in words how pathetic I was pre this. Like, I remember trying to follow a recipe living in this house with my three 
three closest friends and the recipe said put uh, this dissolve the stock cube in a pint of water mm. so I went to the cold tap filled a pint oh. <laughs> filled, a, filled a pint glass with <laughs> cold water I've done that I put swear the, I've done put that put the stock cube in and then had a bit of a nerve it was like it's not dissolving I'm doing something wrong what is going on I showed it to my friend who just pissed herself laughing <laughs> It just felt like a really good metaphor for how rubbish I was. But that's before the kind that. of stuff that you don't, you need to have been shown. I think as a kid, how Absolutely. on earth would you yeah. work that out? I do, yeah. I do not miss a stock cube. I haven't mentioned this ever on the podcast, but one of my least favourite cooking things still is to have to get a, because if you just put the whole fucking cube in, yeah. nothing happens to it. You'd need to stab it around with oh. a fork and stir it. Even in boiling water, you'd used to have to like scrape dissolve yeah, yeah. bits of it off, especially like if it is a bit of an old one. <laughs> <laughs> especially if it was beef and an old one, and you're oh. just sort of having to try to scrape the dust of the cube, and just sort of really scuffing my knuckles. Just for the podcast <laughs> listeners, Jessica is doing quite the um, emphatic mime of how she I really, yeah, <laughs> I hated having to try and crush <laughs> with my fingers and hands a, yeah uh, yeah yeah stock cube stock cube and now you, you can either get very planet unfriendly little like capsules of vegetable stock that are good or you can just buy a big old pot of dust yes which is so that's much, much better simpler, isn't it thank god and just putting in a little spoon what a revelation and my mum thinks i'm very posh i think for having a big pot of dust really yeah and not because of your big posh voice no just She's got a bigger, <laughs> posher voice. I'm just kidding. You have a beautiful voice. I'm not a sweet tooth at all. I'm an absolute salt oh, tooth. Okay. And I'd like always pick a starter instead of a pud. Would you mm. always rather have a pud than a starter? I can't. Yeah, I would a hundred percent. Yeah. Really. But also, I don't even have puddings in restaurants that much because. I, uh, so I wouldn't normally have a starter, would have the main course and then would go home and have whatever it was that I had been fantasizing about all day with my decaf tea yes. and the little bit and whatever the chocolate treat is. Yes. And so it's almost like the pudding in the restaurant would be like, if I made that decision, then I couldn't have the bag of Maltesers I'd been thinking about. So I, mean, I so just like very want, selective yeah. about that moment in the day where I get that sweet thing. I've been trying to, um, as is the story of my life, listen to what I want. <laughs> try and think, what do you want? You know, what do you actually want? And there were times, like this today, I was like, ah, I'd had breakfast, I went a little around this school and then I was on my way to the gym and I was like, yeah. I'm hungry before I get there. I know I'm going to have something after the gym, but I'm hungry now. And I was like, I actually fancy a plum and a banana. Wow. And add a plum and a banana. The two together. I, I know. <laughs> plum first, banana second. <laughs> um, but I had a... Sounds like my weekend. Gonna, <laughs> 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 I was going to ask you a question about big gay food. But anyway, I, um, I've been having a chocolatey fortnight mm. where I've really fancied chocolate. Yeah. And so I've been having yeah, this yeah. chocolate. Really I went nice. off chocolate a little bit at the right. start of pregnancy, but because the emotional moment of of having that little moment of treat where yeah. you stop with your tea and your because that is so ingrained so in nice. me, I almost forced myself to still just keep pushing through mm. with chocolate. Can you imagine? Is there any other pregnant woman on the planet who was like, Yeah, I went off chocolate, but I really made myself eat I it? Really for <laughs> yes, there is, mate. It's I've never loved you more for that. <laughs> It's impressive. Oh, you know, I didn't want to become one of those people who doesn't eat chocolate, so I just, I hunkered down. Self-care away from me, baby. <laughs> not even for five weeks. Let's not get off on the wrong foot, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. 
the foot that's kicking me so well in my bladder. Oh, really good kicking, baby. Aren't you just a great, aren't you going to be a great footballer? Oh, a very violent child. Like mine. Um, <laughs> he's calming down. That's annoying. Aww. He was four yesterday. I love that kid. I haven't um, seen him in ages, but I He said a very funny him. thing in the run-up to his birthday. Amazing. Oh, I haven't said, I don't think I've said on the podcast, but he said, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to getting my prezzies on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I'm going to get all my prezzies I want. And I was like, well, do you know what? Like, you might not get everything you want, okay? Because you're not, you know, because spoiled Brexit. boy and Brexit. <laughs> Exactly. And he went, oh, okay. As long as you remember to at least get everything I had in my dream last night. He's <laughs> <laughs> impossible. That is brilliant. I am thrilled for him. I don't have to bring myself to ask Set that. impossible standards. Question. He does set into... Sorry, I'm muttering out loud. Please. I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half and I still mutter out loud while you're you know, talking. I was just thinking on the way here, you said to me in May 2018, will you come on the podcast? And Did I was I? like, I'd oh, love Brona. to. And then neither of us, that's, that's how bad we've been Brona and I were working together in May 2018 on a, on a uh, not for transmission pilot, but we had a, oh, a great a time. lovely old time. We've been dear friends since I think then. that was the consolidation of our friendship. I think, I think we'd only like met each other. We'd said hello at gay friendly colleagues. Yes, yeah. We had a nice warm, oh, there you are. Hello, hello. nice to see you again before that. And yeah. then we were in a writer's room and together was, for five weeks, mate. It was a long job. I know. And, it, and then we get, and then, and for, since then, you know it's for friendship and not colleagues when we say, can we catch up for a talk and a cuddle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I literally write in my diary when I'm seeing you, catch up and cuddle. <laughs> It's quite funny because I think you said something like, I can't wait to kiss you when I see you. And then I said, like, I can't wait to hold you in my arms again. Or like we did have a very romantic message and I kind of wanted to push it and be like, I can't wait to make love to you (laughs) until you forget your own name and the name of your podcast. (laughs) I I thought that would be funny, but I just I think I ran out of (laughs) texting time. (laughs) Oh, the best, the best, the best flirting, the flirting friendships are the best friendships. I know it's lovely. Um, I do, I mean, I probably cut this out, but um, it's out, it's based on a conversation I had with someone where they were like, "What do you think the gayest food is?" That's hilarious. Is that such a thing? And I think like a, yeah, I don't know if there's question. an answer to that. B, if you're allowed to ask anyone, I can ask you because we're. Yes, because we're both hashtag by visibility. Hashtag by visibility. Yeah, that's a great. What is the gayest food? What's the gayest food? I mean, it sort of feels like a question like a school bully would ask, and that's why it's funny that we're discussing it. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, your lunch is gay. And then instead, we're on a podcast going, "What is you know what is the gayest food?" Good question. Good question. I feel like jam from your allotment is the most. Oh, that's it's yeah. the homemade jam from your allotment oh, is the most lesbian food, that's probably. A really lesbian and food. And probably Something the most Jeremy Corbyn food. And <laughs> yeah, the most Corbyn and the most lesbian food. There is a Venn diagram I don't want to see the answers to. Um, um, yes. Uh, yeah. And then. Oh, what else? Oh, God, it's funny, isn't it? I don't know. They have that. Be... I've been to that shop in New York that's called the Big Gay Ice Cream Shop, and that's okay. just a really pleasant uh, photo opportunity. <laughs> 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 you know, to lick your ice cream outside a sign that says the Big Gay Ice Cream Shop. That's nice. Was it all like rainbow coloured ice cream? No. No. It was just regular, you know, just nice ice cream. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I just feel that so- yeah, food doesn't have cream. a sexual orientation, Jessica, no, I so I don't actually know what the gayest food is. I don't think it does. But we tried. <laughs> I brought it up anyway. 
Um, broccoli. No. <laughs> I think that's deadly strange. I love broccoli. I love broccoli as well. I love it. I love broccoli. Yeah. And sleeping with women. <laughs> I feel like broccoli is a really, really straight food. Um, um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, and I want to know about why you cry every time you're in a vegetarian restaurant. Oh, amazing. So I I was at a wedding once and people were passing around uh, like something at the dessert table and I didn't eat it. So it doesn't might not totally answer your question, oh, but other counts. people did. And it was chocolate covered caviar. Oh, and that was pretty much the noise and face that everyone was making when they did. I have to say, in that, in that, I would never put something in my mouth that I didn't know what it was because of the fear of right. ingesting fish or meat, even right. in a dessert context. Right, it's it's rife. Um, yeah, the wow. vegetarian restaurant thing is really funny because <laughs> I I don't think I cry every time I've been in a vegetarian restaurant, but I feel like I've cried at least two or three times for different reasons. I've cried because so when I, so you, I'm vegetarian. Vegetarian restaurant curse. Maybe. Have you ever been? There's a really lovely one in North London called Ceremony. No. Well, we go there for a cuddle. Should we go there for a cuddle? That's a great Um, idea. It's it's kind of not quite fine dining. It's like Mm. fine dining. It's Mm. real good, but it's not pretentious. Oh, I like that. Mm. Um, So I'm vegetarian since I was like 20 or so. So, you know, a good 16 years. And I, I, when I became vegetarian... It was like you could have, if you went out, you could have a mushroom risotto, a salad, yeah. or a margarita pizza. Um, or, or, that maybe, was it. or maybe occasionally a really sort of um, like hempy bean chili. Yeah. <laughs> I w- if there had been a bean chili, that would have been like yeah. a step up. So there was, it was so limited in yeah. Dublin at the time. And then, and then, and then, you know, in later years in London. Still quite limited. Mm. So when I first discovered vegetarian restaurants and like, oh, so I wasn't, you know, I was a I was a jobbing actress before I also became a writer and earned money. Um, so I never, I didn't go out to restaurants that much, especially for someone who wasn't that arsed with food. Yeah. Um, and so, so when I went to a vegetarian restaurant, there was an entire menu of things that I could eat. It felt like, it felt like joy, stress, pressure, Euphoria. It was like so many emotions. I definitely cried just by looking at a vegetarian oh. restaurant menu. Just by looking at the menu. Just the joy of the having joy some of options. It. Yeah. But then the flip side of that was I remember being in a veggie restaurant in um, Ulverston in the lakes in the Lake District where my partner is from, and being so excited that we were going to a vegetarian restaurant and having the moment of overwhelmingness with the menu, ordering something, and then it just being so basic oh, that shit. I burst into tears because my big moment of getting a veg of getting a nice meal in vegetarian oh, right? like it was no. basically like on the menu it said it like you know like uh or like like uh, gourmet Cumberland sausages with sage mm. and and like cranberry and and brie and in a toasted yeah. You know, oh. ciabatta, homemade. And then it arrived and it was like, it felt like supermarket bread, a shit vegetarian sausage. Oh, no. and, and, I, and, I, and I cried tears. I wept. Oh, I wow. wept at the table until my partner swapped lunches with me. <laughs> oh, see. Oh, God. That's amazing. And it's just, be, and it is just the thing of sort of like the lack of choice. I mean, I, I aspire to be vegan one day. I'm not, I've never been vegan 
Yeah. Up until now, I'm a bit too attached to cheese and chocolate. Um, and now that I'm pregnant, I, yeah. I don't get that cow's milk. <laughs> yeah. Rona starts tearing the place down. Yeah, fair enough. But that's definitely something like in the, you know, after breastfeeding, I would love to start yeah. experimenting with because I, now that I cook more, now that I know more about food, now that yeah, I'm yeah, slightly yeah. more interested in it, now that I'm slightly healthier and not just like the pizza pasta eater of my youth. Yeah. Um, then I, I'll definitely kind of do that, I would say. Oh, I love it. Mmm, delicious. Trees have a conversation and they decide they've had enough and they're all going to do a simultaneous suicide like <gasps> people in cults sometimes do, oh except this one would kill all life on Earth. Wow. Um, relatively quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but they've agreed that they won't do it. The trees have had a chat and they're not going to do it, Brona. But only if you, and weirdly, it does have to be you, yeah. climb up and over a tractor over the top, down the other side, 268 times. Whoa. It sounds impossible, but you do it. That's me. You're a hero. Yes. Um, uh, the trees prepare to <laughs> exist forever, and, they, and, they, and they're going to carry on. They see the light, um, uh, and you go down in history as having saved all of humanity for all time, uh, oh. but your reward in the moment um, is uh, the feast of your dreams. Wow. Uh, obviously, you are exhausted from this exertion, but mm. um, you're allowed to do whatever it is you need to reset and feel lovely again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want any... Oh, lovely bath. <laughs> oh. Lovely bath. Oh. Um, but I, I want that... You know there's a like a post... You know that it's not necessarily post-exertion, but that sort of realization of hunger, where the idea of eating is just the most joyful. This the readiness for it is such a. It, there's nothing you could possibly want more than the excitement of eating something brilliant. Wow. So that, that's the mindset I want you to be in. And then I mm. want to know what you'd have for the feast of your dreams. What yeah. you eat, what you drink, who with and where if there is a who with and where. Oh, and I don't want anything in it to be possible, ethical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want there to be consequences to anything, Great. including the people that have to be alive, whatever. <laughs> oh. Anyone you want. Um, wow. I um, I really wish you put a bit more effort into your questions, Jess. <laughs> I really feel like, you know, that could have used a pass or two. God. Um, what an unoriginal question. No, great question. What a great day I've had. I've met talking trees. I've gotten loads <laughs> the steps on my Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I once did 48,000 steps, by the way, just on a Fuck on a nine-hour hike. Oh but anyway, we'll God. come back to that. Um, great. Okay, so I can't... I, it's hard to envisage... I'm also delighted I had a bath because I love a bath. It's hard to envisage a situation in life, and that includes talking trees and climbing tractors, where I wouldn't want pizza i just feel that the moment a human being put dough tomato ketchup or you know tomato sauce cheese together and then and then baked them or put them in the oven (laughs) so good at cooking that was just like peak evolution that's probably where we peaked actually and it's all been downhill since then so so that's definitely going to be a part of it so let me let me think so i'll probably start with i do love a bit of hummus Mm. So like a little smorgasbord of like cucumber, carrots, hummus, mm. um, maybe some Thai sweet chili, Ooh. Walker's sensations, Ooh, crisps. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with that. I'm going to have some rose lemonade or pink lemonade Ooh, as my drink because okay. I'm not that into alcohol and I'm also preggers. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, maybe in this scenario. Actually, uh, to be, I have climbed over the tractor that many times I've probably recovered from jobber. <laughs> 
probably not preggers anymore, but I still would have that over alcohol. Oh, except for maybe an espresso martini. Oh, lovely. Which I love sexy, sexy drink. So, um, and then I will have a goat's That's cheese. That's such a pregnant woman's nemesis, isn't it? An espresso <laughs> martini. Take her down. The seventh-month pregnant woman is like, <laughs> I'll have an espresso martini. It will take me to, I will fight it. Um, okay, so I'm going to have a, a caramelized onion and goat's cheese pizza, thin base. Oh, and then I'm going to have a giant rocket salad that's just rocket. Okay, but in I'm a, just going to interrupt you just quickly please, to please, say, to have um, an orgasm. if you're ever in, <laughs> oh God, I don't know what face I did then, the noise was worse. Oh God, I'm going to die. Oh, I deserve shit. Jessica's okay. breaking the equipment and I'm just picking bandages off the mummy. Um, <laughs> there's a chain of pizza restaurants in South East London called Mama Doe. If you're oh. ever in South East London, there, there's about six of them now, I think. Mm. Uh, and they do a goat's cheese and caramelised red onion. Um, and there's a few other... There's olives on it as well, if, uh, oh, but there's not into not it. Not oh, Bollocks. But it's the best caramelised onion and goat's cheese pizza I've ever had and it's called Johnny Goats if you ever go to a Mama Babe, Doe. thank you for it. Finally, it's worth it doing this podcast to get that piece of information. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> We're getting you a next time. <laughs> Jokes. If you come to Catford, having a great time. I want you to bring your tiny, tiny babies to Catford. I want to uh, come And I will too. come to you, obviously. Yeah, please do. Um, but come to Catford, and we'll go to um, we'll go to. A, that would be amazing. Day. So yeah, that would probably be my main course, and a rocket salad with just rocket, mm. but a really salty dressing. <gasps> so like rock salt, kind of like like uh, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, and rock salt in the dressing, mm. and then for dessert. I told you I had a sweet tooth. Yeah, I'm and ready for this. And the thing that I like the most, because it's the sweetest thing on the planet, is meringue. I just love Ooh, a meringue. Lovely. So I would probably just have like, an, I don't know, like a really sweet ice cream, like Ben & Jerry's fish food or something, where it's just mm. got like chunks of caramel yeah. and chocolate. And like a Marks & Spencer's meringue. And then I would just mash them all up together like I'm a baby and eat it. Um, I do remember... <laughs> Just remembered one Christmas day. Do you know how at Christmas you have a license to just eat whatever the hell you want? Yeah. And so I must have been a teenager. And so we had done the big Christmas shop. So there was loads of vanilla ice cream in the freezer and there was loads of meringues. And something, the devil on my shoulder went, what if you put... What if you put an entire box of eight meringues, an entire block of ice cream into the blender and made some sort of like meringue vanilla (laughs) milkshake? So I did that. Oh, it's made me shudder. And then that was when I realized for the first time in my life that there is a limit to even my sweet tooth. (laughs) Right, right. I had a few sips and was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to quit now. Um, But yeah, I think that would be my post tractor climbing meal. So nice. And where would you have it and who would? Oh yeah, great. Thank you. Um, 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 I think that having talked about my siblings earlier in the podcast, um, we very, we live in one, two, Three, four countries, the five of us. Oh, really? Um, uh, yeah, the States, Finland, England and Ireland. And also when we do get home, it's not always at the same time together. Yeah. And then and then also if we're there, you know, luckily my parents were, are there sometimes as well. But so it'd be really nice to be alone with my siblings. So yeah. just the five of us, because that has only ever happened about twice in our adult lives. Um, and uh, where? I don't know. Probably just, um, oh, on the Bill Murray boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sailing out to sea. Um, 
yeah, maybe in my house. Oh, then I wouldn't have to travel. Yeah, yeah. Do it. You do it at home. And I could have a bath. I could have a bath after. You could be in the bath <laughs> again. Floating above. Second bath of the day. Yes. Oh, mm. I love it. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yay! Should we make out now? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said that like an excited toddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> delicious. What a riot my dear lovely friend Brona is, eh? She'll have written the jokes on a bunch of TV and film that you'll have loved uh, and she acts in stuff too. She's on Twitter and Instagram as at Brona C. Titley, B-R-O-N-A-C-T-I-T-L-E-Y and that's the best place to keep up with what she's working on and believe me, she is a grafter. She's always working on something brilliant. Thanks so much to the Bill Murray for letting us record in their wee space. They are great and they are kind. Go and see some comedy in there. Come and see Hoovering Live in Thirsk at the podcast social club on the 23rd of november at three in the afternoon be my patron for exclusive mini episodes from live shows extra content and discount uh, tickets to live shows and also uh, guest recipes and stuff like that and bigger and better things if you've got mega bucks go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod follow the podcast on social media it's at the hoovering pod i'm on there at jessica foster q come and see my show hench on tour or at the soho theater and if you want to send me a message that's longer than a tweet or see any of my live dates at all or other stuff that I'm up to you can use my website jessicafosterq.com huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway until next week, happy Hoovering Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad, high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.